Hello and welcome to Dr. Fitness USA, the show. Exercise is medicine, strength training is stronger medicine. With your host, Batista Grimaud, and myself, Stephen Hersey, a.k.a. Dr. Fitness USA. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dr. Fitness USA, the show. And we are on for an exciting adventure today with an amazing guest, Mike Boyd. Mike Boyd is a multi-talented, award-winning singer and songwriter. He has written multiple inspiring songs, which are playing on hundreds of radio stations across the country and numerous internet stations worldwide. Mike has also toured the country with his show, Trip Down Memory Lane, a tribute to Sam Cooke. He received numerous awards. The list of accolades is too long to name here. But that's not all. Mike is also an athlete and an accomplished baseball coach. He was the number one high school pitcher in the South for two years and number three in the nation. And he is solely responsible for the return of women's professional baseball. He has trained thousands of students of all ages and many of them make it to professional baseball and to major leagues. Recently, he has created an exciting new game called Standstill Baseball and is in the process of professionalizing it. Wow. Welcome to Dr. Fitness USA, the show, Mike. We are so excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm very glad and very excited to be here with you guys today. I've been looking forward to it. Perfect. So, you know, to get started, tell me, what came first, baseball or singing? <laughs> now, that's a good question. Let me question this myself. I think it was singing came first, but I was playing baseball around the age of four years old. So they, they got to be right in there together because we used to sing in church when we were four and five. And they would have us stand up as children and perform for the church. And so we'd leave the church going to play baseball. <laughs> so they were basically one and the same. Okay, so you went to play baseball, and so you ended up being really good at it. Yeah. And so can, can you explain a little bit the transition between just being good at it and going professional? Well, the, the difference there is, is based on several levels, because in order to be a major league baseball player, you've got to have some faculties that are above normal. Uh, as the as far as the average person, one of those would be your eyesight. On that, uh, major league uh, players have exceptional exceptional eyesight in the process. All of us know about speed and strength and these things, but we have to go into this thing that's internal that shows so much external, and that's character and integrity. There's pride. There's desire. There's willingness. Uh, these things. And once you achieve those things, the ball that you do physically becomes very graceful. And if you look at ball, it's really a dance. And when you start to see the movements of the ball players, a lot of the songs that I've written have been from the movements of a baseball for me, watching baseball games or playing baseball games. And so it comes down to several levels of things that 
professional athletes have that the normal person uh, does not. Wow, that is so interesting that you write your songs from the movement of the mm -hmm. baseball. I can definitely relate to this because I was a professional dancer myself. So that is great. So the question is, you're a young adult, maybe four years old. When did you discover you had this secret ingredient of being better than most of the people around you in baseball, in pitching? Um, my brothers and I, growing up, didn't question uh, abilities. We just did it. It was like, it's like you see a cat sitting on a pole and he wants to get to the next spot that's like 15 feet away. He doesn't think about falling in between. He just does it. And so we, we worked like that to the point to where they, they, we didn't play baseball, we were baseball. We thought about it day and night. We ate baseball. We would even take the potatoes when our mother would cook them, shape them into baseballs before we'd eat them. And so during the wintertime with, with three, four feet of snow on the ground, we were playing baseball. We would actually take the baseball where everybody made snowballs we would pitch those and hit them with our mother's mop, our mother's mop handle, the broom handle. And so this one, we're very small. And so baseball was, it was a way of life. It, we, we actually played baseball games from about five, six o'clock in the morning till midnight. We never left the baseball field. Who showed up in your life that said, oh, this guy is just unbelievable. Uh, and maybe you had it in your mind, but he already instilled that you could be a professional baseball player. That's a that's a, another very unique question, because one that lends itself to vanity. <laughs> the older men in our in our lives that played baseball played in the Negro Leagues. And so those players would always come out and watch us. My daddy owned the Meridian White Sox, which was a Negro League team. So my brothers and I actually grew up and played on that team from 12 to the time we were, you know, playing in high school. And so we got to play a little in the Negro Leagues and the barnstorming ends. But the older men would always come to us and, and they would praise us for the ball that we were playing. And they would push us all the time that you can, uh, you, you, you're, the, you're the best, you're the best around here, you can go places with it, that type of thing. So we believed from the start that we were the best of ball players, but who made it actually stick was when desegregation started and the schools were mixed and they were looking for ball players. And we went out for the team and the coach uh, at the school saw me throwing with the other ball players. And he came running across the floor. I'll, I'll never forget this. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And he started hollering. He must have ran 50, 60 feet hollering. That's the state championship. <laughs> That's the state championship. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And he was telling me that uh, my arm would win them the state championship. And he went on, he was right because I ended up being, I ended up winning 
uh, two state championships uh, back to back. I want to know about this woman baseball and how you, did you bring it back or how did that come? My uh, my dad, like I said, on the on the, the Meridian White Sox, we played ball every weekend. We played ball every day, everything. But on the weekend, we go out and see the Negro League players that came to town. And we go to the ballpark because we were ball crazy. My mother was ball crazy. My dad was ball crazy. But my mom would be the one that would play with us when it came to hitting and, and throwing and having fun. Daddy was more of an authoritarian uh, on it. And she would play with us. And she would hit the ball so hard that you'd have to put your finger to your ears. Uh, mama, that hurt. <laughs> she could hit a ball literally that hard. It would pop like somebody had shot a pistol out there, you know? And so we, watching her and my sisters uh, play ball, my sister Blanche could hit a ball as hard and as good as anybody. There was an, another girl in town named Joanne. Now, we all thought we were good until we played Joanne. <laughs> so she would beat us all. I mean, it was like, my God, you just gained so much respect, you know, for abilities uh, that the girls were showing. And so as, as I grew up and, and, were, and learned more about life, my dad and I'm taught us that if something isn't there, and then put it there. And so what I saw that wasn't there, honestly, was fair play between genders and things about our daughters, about how we treat them, how we do things in society. And I'm going, wait a minute, uh, the girls want to play ball. The only thing they're given is softball. So in that process, I'd look and see the girls wanting to play and little girls, I'm a professional teacher of baseball. And so people would bring me their daughters and, and everything. The girls would come with complexes that, well, they were going to play softball and they were going to do this. And they were, I'm going, why not baseball? And so I started to teach the little girls baseball and they went crazy over it because one, they could grip it easier because the other one's so big and they could throw it harder because they could grip it. So none of them were playing up to their physical abilities. So I started to teach them. And then something said, wait a minute, I'm going to change. I'm going to change this format. I'm going to put something in our society that we've been trying to get as a visual since the beginning of us talking about it. And I'm going to start women's professional baseball again. And in that process, girls came from all over the place. Uh, girls who didn't play, girls who played tennis, girls who played there started to come to play baseball. And so from there, I said, well, if I'm going to start it, I may as well start professional women's baseball. And that's how it came along with actually gratitude to my mother, to my sisters, to Joanne, and to all the girls around the country that have the same desires that we do to achieve and things that they'd like to achieve. Yeah. That is a great story. I'm so glad I asked that. So uh, what is Stand Still Baseball? Well, that's my, that's my baby. What Stand Still is, is another one of, of, of my premises about fair play. Women need to be on the ball field. They can play each other. They can play men or this. So Stand Still came along because the game was actually physically too big for women. 
the speed of men, the strength of men, all these type of things. And also they've been playing for years. So I invented standstill so that men and women could play equally on the baseball field. So it's a one hour baseball game that actually is based on the fact that we can actually physically show equality. So it's the new way to go uh, with baseball, not getting rid of nine man ball, but to include more of us into the game of baseball. Our kids are, are walking the streets, they're running the streets, they're, they're doing all kinds of things because there ain't enough, we don't have enough for them set up to do, like you said, with exercise. You know for yourself, if you don't get enough exercise, your physicality is going to start to break down. If your physicality breaks down, your mentality breaks down. Mentality breaks down, spirituality breaks down. If spirituality breaks down, mentality breaks down. So we start to mess up the levels of life that causes a person to stand tall and proud. And so without exercise and actuality, the human being is really nothing because that's where he's going to end up if you don't exercise. So this is what standstill is about. Not only the equality of women playing the game with men, it will not only be women playing with men three on three, but it'll be uh, women teams playing women teams. There'll be men teams playing men teams. There'll be women teams playing men teams. So we're talking about adding versatility to baseball far beyond belief. And you can't do that with nine man baseball. And if you'd like to get with me with Standstill Baseball, go to Mike at StandstillBaseball.com or you can call the Standstill office 818-767-8812. We'd love to talk to all the women out there about them playing uh, Standstill Baseball, about you getting your own teams. The game will be professionalized in the next year to two years. And we want to see every woman and every young girl in this country playing. And we want to open up the opportunity in the future for young women to play professional baseball. That game will be Standstill Baseball. Thank y'all so much from Standstill Baseball, Mike Boyd. Dr. Fitness USA's vision is to create a stronger, healthier society of people enjoying vibrant health, unshakable self-confidence, and a sculpted body they'll fall in love with. Our custom-tailored formulas act as the GPS to your ultimate transformation so you can reach your destination faster and safer without injury. The Feminine Body Design program teaches a woman the art of strength training from a female perspective and helps her achieve the feminine physique she always dreamed of having. The Design Formula program teaches men to achieve a sculpted manly physique without injuries. Seniors can tap into the fountain of youth, get a new lease on life, rebuild their strength and eliminate aches and pains. Those with injuries learn to rehabilitate them, recover mobility, and relieve back, neck, shoulder, and knee pain. Now, with working with Steven, just in, what, four workouts, I think, so far, if that, um, I have no pain in my knees like I used to. Suddenly, a quietness in the mind, clarity. I mean, I don't have back pain anymore. It's amazing. It's just really amazing.
I'm Bernie Dorman. I'm founder and chairman of CO Space International, and I so endorse Dr. Fitness for leaders with that better life. He does the inside and the outside to make sure you're the best leader you can ever be. And yesterday was already too late to say yes. If your mind can conceive it and your heart can believe it, then Dr. Fitness USA can help you achieve it. I am called the minister of baseball, not baseball, baseball. <laughs> I am the creator of the 30 philosophies of baseball. This is what I teach to my students and families. For the baseball has become obsolete because baseball only teaches you part of what you need to know. Baseball says teach our children all they need to know, for you never know what you may be doing in life or what God may choose for you to do. So God said, when I come, be ready. He didn't say get ready. He said, be ready. That means we must teach in multiplicity. And that multiplicity, our children will then be more accepting of others because they are recognizable of difference. They are not afraid of difference. But if we teach them in one cocoon, they won't know what's going on in the next one. And there lies fear. If we have fear, we cannot get along. If we have fear, we will separate. And this is what our society is doing. So all any of us has to do is recognize that we must all make an open challenge to one another. That open challenge would be this. I will change for the positivity if you do. It will make no difference if I change myself because wrong will never let right be seen. But if right steps forward in the size of multiplicity, in the size of massiveness, then not even wrong could fight right. So it is up to us as a nation, as a people, even with the fitness doc, people have to make up their mind to get in shape or they won't even want to see you. When they talk to you, then you can tell them, excuse me, this is how you did it. But it first takes will, takes desire. And in that process, we must instill that back into our children of uh, that desire is part of it. Willingness is the other part, but physicality of doing it is all of it. Where does music fit in in all this? It fits in because I, I don't know any other way to live. While I'm talking to you guys right now, I'm, I'm writing a song in my head. And so it, it, it happens like that. I wake up at night writing, or I go to bed writing, or something goes ding dong, and there's a song. I'm, I'm very uh, aware of what's going on around me for the concept of I'm intentionally aware. Rather than things happen, I look, no. When I wake up in the morning, I want to be able to say, I'm healthy. God got me up and everything. Now, my next statement should be is, what can I do for somebody that's positive? And so before I start saying me, 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 the first thing I do is have gratitude that me is here to be aware of. The next thing to do is to try to help someone else feel that way. Happiness is a physical expression. Joy is an inside good feeling. And when a person feels good inside, they're going to do great things for others because they feel so good that they just got to share that joy that they have inside to see the smile on somebody else's face, this type of thing. And to put a smile on somebody's face on purpose with intention, that's that's being a human, a human being. Well, the baseball is, is 
one part of your life, and then it's interwined with music. Can we talk about what you've accomplished with your music to be recognized at such a, a magnificent level? I write music that I want to be able to touch the human being, uh, to touch the soul, to make you question who you are as a human being, and to ask yourself this question, am I a good one? Is my, is my heart in the right place? Subjects, I, I write on a multitude of, of subjects, uh, message music, uh, gospel music, uh, rock and roll. I do the tribute to Sam Cooke. One of my top songs is called American Soldier. Thank you for all the things you do to be a Marine. Uh, I've written songs about Hawaii that I have people going, wait a minute, I want to move to Hawaii. You know, uh, and so I write about majesty and, and, and all these things that, uh, that right now the, the music industry is very good, but it's leaning so much toward one thing when there is such a multiplicity of people out there who need to be reached and who need to be touched. And so music, I love it so much because nothing could be more universal uh, than music. And so when I write it, I write it with the intention of change uh, to positivity. I write it to make people feel like life is worth living, that this makes me just feel good. This is, this is why I write, this is why I sing. The reason I do Sam Cooke's music is because I, I do, uh, I feel so much the same way as those songs speak. They're what really made me write songs so clearly rather than to impress people with high notes and, hey, how good I can really sing and all that. It, it had no value to me, but what did have value to me is when people walk up to me after shows and go, you changed my life. But when somebody comes to you and say uh, that you did something special for me that made me feel like I've wanted to feel, then I feel like I've done my job. You got my attention. <laughs> yeah. So now that you're on stage or camera, so to speak, and on this uh, Dr. Fitness, the show, would you be kind enough to sing a little bit of a song? Because we have your voice, but I've heard you sing before, and it's so magical that the audience doesn't realize how magnificent you really are. But people know Sam, so I'll just stay with Sam a little bit. But it says, uh, don't know much about history. I don't know much biology. I don't know much about a science book. I don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love you. And I know that if you love me too, what a wonderful world this would be. And that's yeah. magical. That's beautiful. Oh, thank you guys so much. Thank you. So. Can you see me blush? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you have, you have such a beautiful expression and all your accomplishments and the integration with the music and the athleticism and the 
if you desire to change the world and you know now of course after covid and what we all experienced in the last few years there is a lot of things happening and people need that encouragement and that positive reinforcement to to move forward in this time and age what would be your three takeaways for people to move move on and stay positive Another good question and stuff. I I actually uh, one of my songs is called is about COVID. It's called "Don't Want You to Get It." And uh, the what I would say to people and how it affected me is is this: we we as life are given certain certain gifts. Those certain gifts are we're given basically as just speaking in the generality of life. We're given health. Uh, we're given life. We're given parents. We're given the food around us to eat, the things to nurture us. We even got sports and everything like that. All that was given to us by, let's say, uh, divine intervention, let's call it. And since a lot of people don't believe in God or this, let's call it divine intervention. What I would have to say to all those people who've lost so much through through the pain of losing others, through the pain of getting it themselves, through the, through the pain of our children getting it, through the, through the negativities that it brought to our society and the way that it is making us act toward each other. There's one thing we all have to remember is that we've gotten through this COVID. And that number two, if we want things better out there, that starts with us. For if we start to show good people good tidings, if we start to say good things, if we start to do better deeds and good deeds with good intention, if we're willing to help each other out and say to one another, hey, yeah, you're down, but hey, bro, I'm not down, but what I'm going to do is try to help you stand up. And that we get on each other's sides and we stop talking about being Americans and we stop talking about things and we start talking about being human beings. Because we were chosen as humans before we were chosen as Republicans or Democrats or thisocrat or thatocrat. We were chosen as humancrats. And that we need to treat each other more human for if we keep asking for human, maybe we need to recognize we need to start giving more human. Because God said to give is to receive. And I ask everybody out today, have you given good intention? Have you given goodwill? Have you helped break somebody's yard? Have you helped that little old lady walk across the street? Have you tried to help somebody get a job out there? Or have you given somebody a decent hug without there being anything in return for it, but the fact that you wanted to make somebody feel good? The world will feel better when the world does better. And only then will we get better. We cannot be friends if we're going to act as enemies. We can't be a country if we're going to act separated. So we all have got to stand up for once and say, throw all this negativity off of my back, out of my mind, and let me put love in my heart. And for all the people out there who say love every day that don't know what love actually is, let me tell you. I've thought about it all my life and what I came up with for the recognition of love and what it is, is the carrying out of good intention. 
that nobody has ever felt good when you were hitting them, beating them, lying on them, cheating them, or disrespecting them or neglecting them. Nobody's ever felt love from that. But they do feel love when you say, I, I respect you. Can I pick that piece of paper up that you just dropped for you? Can I stop that traffic and help you across the street? I will then feel loved. I will feel cared about. So love is the carrying out of good intentions. And for all of us out there who needed to know it, start doing good and we will start seeing good around you. That's it for me today. Wow. Beautiful. So where can people find you? The website is singboy.com and at standstill baseball.com. I hope this won't be the last time that we can get together and uh, discuss these type things. But uh, most of all, I'm just grateful for the opportunity this morning that you guys have given me to speak. Thank you so much. Stephen, you have any last words? Oh. You've been amazing in the way that you talk and phrase your words that myself as the listener was able to cause emotion. Oh. oh. So at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, I will think about how I can be a better person. And uh, so that makes me, I can't tell you what that just did to my heart because my goal is that I'm not happy because I can't be happy unless we're happy. If we accept humanity, we'll get rid of the labels. God gave us our color as a gift. Man has made it a curse. And so as soon as we recognize the beauty in each other as human beings, we will then start to live the life that we choose as human beings. But you can't ask another person to treat you better than you would treat them. So then the key word to every human being on the planet, if we want change, is fair play for all. And that's as simple as it is. Well, I think on these beautiful words, it's perfect uh, to leave our audience with that message. So thank you so much for taking the time to talking to us. and. Yeah sharing with our audience it's been another amazing episode of dr fitness usa the show and until next time bye-bye now bye-bye take care